Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Stress Sessions. This time round I'm talking about something that I haven't really got a clue about and it's about postnatal depression. So postnatal depression is a type of depression that many parents experience after having a baby and it's a really really common problem that affects about 1 in every 10 women within a year of giving birth. So I thought I'd delve deeper into this topic and find out a little bit more. So, here goes. So, today I'm here with somebody completely different to my wife, because that's the only person (laughs) that I've recorded a podcast with face-to-face so far, so it's a little bit different. Um, But I'm with Kaylee today, who is sister, a sister of um, one of my wife's very best friends, and we're here to talk about postnatal depression, which... I know absolutely nothing about. So this is going to be a massive learning curve for me. <laughs> I've done a little bit of research, but I'm hoping that by the end of this, I'll actually know a little bit more about it. So yeah, Kaylee, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Sorry, I'll just finish sending that. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that in. <laughs> Literally, anything like that, I just leave it in. It's good, off the cuff. Yeah. Off the cuff. So this is a real first for me because... It's a topic that, like I've said, I don't know anything about. And everything I've spoken about already on this podcast has been stuff that I'm quite used to. But I did a bit of research, like I've said, into postnatal depression. And there's a quote online that I found which said, I found it hard because whilst people talk about postnatal depression, there is very little discussion of mental ill health in pregnancy. And it's supposed to be a time of such joy. And I got, off the, got that off the Mind website, and it it just seems like a really big, big issue for me. And I, I've I've heard a lot about postnatal depression, but I don't know a lot about it. So, I guess, can you start off by telling me your story and how how you went through postnatal depression and how you cope with it? Um, okay, so my story. I mean, obviously, I saw you on Instagram. You were yeah. uh, my sister shared it. Tara shared it because I follow both her, like her private account and her Tara Kate creates account. Um, and then I think you requested to follow me. I followed back, and then you asked a question about what um, content would people like to, yeah, like yeah. see in the future. And I, I replied with with postnatal depression because I've suffered with it myself um my depression journey probably (laughs) uh still going probably started 2011 so it was before I got postnatal depression okay um and it was due to I had building work done on my house and eight weeks turned into 18 months we actually went on to cowboy builders and stuff about it and obviously I had two young children, my two older children now, they were younger, <clears throat> and they um, couldn't play out in the garden because of the, and it, yeah, it was just a very crazy time, um, and obviously you've got all money worries and stuff when it comes to, to building work, um, so that's when I was first diagnosed, uh, I went to the doctors, because I was losing my shit, um, was put on fluoxetine, I'd done... Um, that's what I'm on at the minute. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's not what I'm on at the minute. I've yeah. been on most of them. Um, the um, I was then changed over to citalopram, which I didn't get along very well with. Um, then um, I did CBT, cognitive behavioural yeah, behavioural yeah. therapy, um, because I also suffer with anxiety as well. Um, that did help for a time. Um, and then I started working in a school, secondary school, very stressful. Um, so my depression sort of went up and down over the years. Um, 2015, I my ex-husband left me out of the blue. Oh, okay. Completely. So that must have been really, yeah, really diff- yeah, yeah. difficult. Yeah, so my older two children's dad, yeah, he just said he didn't love me anymore and pretty much three days later moved out, been split wow. up ever since. Now I'd been off my medication for a few months at that point and I was doing really well. Obviously that sent me spiralling straight back down. Um, I was put back onto Citalopram 
and then a few months later met AD and then I think it was about nine months after that I fell pregnant with Olivia now at this point so that's 2015 Tyler was eight Emily was seven they don't have much of an age gap oh, okay. um she was six or seven they um so it was very much like I was starting from the beginning again because they were both in primary school. I had my job. I was yeah, like getting yeah. a bit of me back rather than just being mum. And I went, I went to a midwife appointment one day, twenty-eight week check, um, and they measure your bump. And she just said, "Oh, basically, however many weeks you are is usually however many." Um, I can't remember if it's inches or centimeters. Inches, 28 inches sounds massive, mm. but when it's going round and it probably isn't inches, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I'm just trying to yeah, it should, they should be the same. <laughs> so, 28 weeks yeah. would be 28 inches, and mine was coming back at like 25, 26. So, she said, Oh, there might be um, an issue with the baby's growth. Now, earlier on in the pregnancy, I had had some bleeding, so I went to the hospital, I had the scan, they said the baby's still in there. You know, don't worry, it might just be a bit of implantation bleeding, which mm -hmm. is quite common in pregnancies. And they had told me at my first midwife appointment to come off Stellapram because okay. it can be quite dangerous and can cause heart defects in the baby. Right. So I came off it, just didn't wean. I just did what they told me and came straight off it. Mm -hmm. Probably shouldn't That's have dangerous, done. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it is quite yeah. dangerous. Um, and then obviously I found, found out that at the 28 week check and that's when I started to worry because I, I had really easy pregnancies with Tyler and Emily. I was going for scans every two weeks. I mean, Milton Keynes Hospital must have made a mint off me in car park. <laughs> Can't oh, bloody! Uh, yeah, it. I have to pay that every time, and you think like I, since they got rid of the where you can buy a ticket. Yeah, yeah. Now you have to do the thing. You know why they did that? It's because people were paying for like four hours. They were only there for an hour yeah. visiting someone, and then they'd give their ticket, ticket to, to someone else. else. Yeah. So they weren't making the money. See, I, I. So that's why I, they've changed it to what they do now. I broke my wrist a couple of years ago, and. <laughs> Yeah, I, it was it was going on for eight months. Yeah. So I was going there like probably about once, probably about once a month. I think. Yeah, yeah. And it, <laughs> I must have spent like so time. much money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's insane. So I um, I was going every two weeks for scans, and then the last four weeks I had to go every week for a scan. Now they did like a Doppler scan, which is where they just check the heartbeat one week, and then. The following scan would be like an actual baby scan, like like where you see the pictures and everything. Mm -hmm. Sorry, that's my phone going off. It's, right. <laughs> um, it's more natural then. Uh, yeah. Um, and they were all coming back saying she was growing small. Mm -hmm. And I remember being put under a consultant. So she said that usually when babies are small it's due to some sort of um, genetic syndrome. Right. So straight away you think Down syndrome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was just on my mind. I was off an amniocentesis, which is where they put a needle into your stomach and they extract a bit of the fluid around the baby. And then oh, okay. they use that fluid to tell if the baby's Downs or not. Mm -hmm. I chose not to have that because my original down syndrome test came back at like one in 70,000 which is oh, a really okay. you know yeah. it's very uncommon yeah that your baby would be born with it so I decided against it but I couldn't help worrying constantly mm -hmm. about um why she was small turns out that they're bleeding at the beginning she was a twin and oh, yeah okay so how did the actual pregnancy go was that was that difficult or was was it as straightforward as the other two children already and did, did you have any complications in the end so um I was she's the only one that I was induced with um and that that was horrible like I was taken into hospital on the Thursday morning pessary used to try and induce labor nothing was happening so I basically had to wait until 
they take you down to the labour ward and they hook you up to this machine and it puts a hormone in you which basically starts contractions. So you have to have a cannula in your hand, which I freaked out at. I don't care about needles that much, but when it's going into such a bony area, yeah, and they're yeah. big needles. <laughs> yeah, see, I've never had anything oh, like that. Oh, God, I, yeah. I struggle with... So I, I've only given... Like, the worst thing I've done is probably given blood, mm. and like, I quite like it because you can see a little bit of the mm. blood bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's quite cool. Like, you but see yeah. it filling up. Yeah, 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 yeah I yeah, always but, quite liked that. And t- that really freaked her out, but I couldn't deal with anything like... Going it's in diff- like that. different when you have something going in rather than having your blood taken, like because you feel it, it feels all cold, like it feels like Can't, yeah, like whatever's I mean, gone in there, it feels like it really cold in and your it veins. Shouldn't be going like, in, yeah, yeah it's, no, you can't. I mean, I had to have injections with all my kids because of the blood type I've got. Um, I had to have um, injections. I think it was in my thigh with all of them. But that's different because it's just going into muscle. But when it's going direct into the into, vein, yeah, yeah. So I had a little freak out over that. Um, and then this hormone basically just brings labour on. Um, the contractions are insane. She arrived after twelve hours, I think it was, and she was small. She was five pound three. Mm-hmm. Um, she had low blood sugar. She wouldn't latch on very well to breastfeed um so they had to take her off to the nmu so like where you see little tiny babies in cots and stuff Mm -hmm. um and she was in there um i always i hate thinking about the first like the first milk that she had was formula that they Uh, had to give her because i hadn't expressed any then because they had to just whisk her off yeah I'd, I'd had a little hold. They gave me a little time with her to try and latch her on. But because of her blood sugars, they just wanted to get her in. To play safe, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, she had to have a cannula in because she had, like, an infection. So it was quite horrible going back to the maternity ward with, without a baby. Yeah. I'm because bl- she's in, in the NNU. So do, would you... I guess, would you say that that was... Did the postnatal depression start then, or do you think that it even started? I think before it that? built up during the pregnancy. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. coming off of the citalopram, um, and then all the worries and issues during the pregnancy because I wasn't used to that. <laughs> um, like I say, my other two were just straightforward textbook pregnancies. Um, also, the fact that she was early, she was small, all of it. She's the only baby that... I mean, I remember with Tyler and Emily being put in, like, a wheelchair and going back into the maternity ward with the baby in my arms because mm. um, you're not allowed to walk around with the baby in your arms in hospital in case uh, you fall okay. yeah, and yeah. sue them or whatever. <laughs> so they always wheel you in a... wheel. Well, they always used to from um, labour to maternity. And I didn't have that with Olivia... And I think it was about four hours after get, going back to maternity to them saying that she was ready for me to go and see her. Mm. And I'll never forget walking in. And she had like a tube up her nose. I might get a bit upset. Um, a tube up her nose. She had a cannula in her arm. Um, and like little, you know, the little sticky heart monitors, like yeah, ECG yeah. sort of things on her like tiny little chest. Um, she was in a baby grow that we hadn't taken because we bought because we knew she was going to be small. We'd bought um small baby, yeah. But even those were too big for her. Mm. She had to go into premature baby stuff. So um, she wasn't in anything that that I'd that I'd taken to the hospital for her to go in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean she was so dinky. Um, and I remember holding her, I've still got a picture on my phone, um, and I put her under my pyjama top, because skin to skin's like really good. Yeah. Um, she was in NNU for three days. Um, yeah, Sunday, she was born Sunday morning, Monday she was in there, she come out Tuesday evening, so just under three days. Mm -hmm. And she, um... I remember Kim was there when they said she was ready to leave NNU. 
because uh, they just want to make sure that they can maintain that the infection have gone. <clears throat> they want to make sure that they can maintain their own body heat. Oh, uh, okay. So she was starting to do that. Um, they they still had to bring her around in what they call the hot cot, which is based the same little perspex cot that you get, but it's like got a little heated mattress, uh, so it helps the yeah. babies to have their um, their heat stimulus. And um, Kim held her. I don't. I'll never understand why she did this. She held her when they took the nose, thing, <laughs> the the tube out of her nose, and me. I think um, Ad's mum was there and my mum. And we all like sort of turned away, like, oh, like I don't want to watch that. But Kim actually held her, and she said, like, oh, I'm really interested to see it. Yeah. I mean, she's weird anyway. She looks <laughs> in people's mouths for a living. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> I mean, yeah, imagine some of the states she's seen. Yeah. But um, yeah, I remember her coming out, and then that was Tuesday night, and we still had to stay in until. Thursday or Friday and I remember them saying oh you're gonna be able to go home we're gonna start your discharge notes we didn't have much time together me and I although we did but not on our own whereas before if Tyler and Emily were at their dad's for the weekend me and Aidy would have those weekends where it was yeah, just us yeah. whereas now I mean sometimes his daughter would come and stay <clears throat> but now we had we just always had a little baby with us yeah so it must yeah um completely different and you know she went through this questionnaire with me that they they give to um sometimes they get you to fill it out if even if you don't feel like that mm -hmm. just just to rule it out because there's something called the baby blues yeah i was which reading a about lot it. of women get so which is all the raging hormones and it lasts i think it isn't it for like two weeks two weeks, two weeks yeah because i was a bit like I've, I'd heard of that, mm. but I didn't know it was a natural thing. I thought it was like, a, you know, you get like yeah. a sort of like yeah. random saying that you get. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was just like a random made up thing. It's, yeah, it's like all the hormones, obviously, the tiredness. Yeah. Um, the, if you're breastfeeding, well, if you're breast or bottle feeding, it's the constant feeding of, of an infant. Um, but they say if it lasts more, if that those feelings last for more than two weeks, it's postnatal depression. Postnatal yeah. depression. Um, so we went through this questionnaire and I scored like really high for it, for anxiety and depression. I was put, um, I wasn't put on Teleprom because I was breastfeeding. Um, so they read up and I could take sertraline, which is what I'm still on now. I Olivia's, on that as well. yeah, <laughs> Olivia's nearly four now and I've been on that ever since mm. my postnatal depression. I've gone down doses and I've gone up doses. I've had another baby since Olivia. Um, so I had to take my dose right down to the lowest all through that pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, there was one doctor who sort of wasn't very happy about it, but I didn't have postnatal depression after Isabel. So yeah. I can just... I feel like I can put that down to the fact that I stayed on my medication while I was pregnant. So how did you deal with that? Because I didn't tell anybody other than Tara when I was diagnosed with anxiety. I didn't tell my partner when I was diagnosed. Um, and I think it was about a month later. Um, I'd been really snappy for a while. And... We had this huge argument, and he That's left. Cat, by the way. Yeah, I figured it was your cat. Um, and we split up for a few days, um, and then when we were like chatting, I told him, you know, I'm not um, just snappy. I was diagnosed with postnatal depression. Yeah, yeah. And that is the importance of telling people. Because yeah, people just don't speak, know, do they? Speak about it. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anyone. What's no family? No, or no, no. I didn't tell anybody that I'd been diagnosed, and that's why I was so snappy. I was just all pent up inside me. Mm. Um, and how long was how long did you wait to tell? So that was at the six week check, and I think Olivia was about three months old when we had that argument. So it was about six weeks. Wow, so that's, where, like, that's quite a long time then. Yeah, I, I, and I was just battling with all these thoughts in my head that I was a shit mum, you know, I wasn't giving all of my kids 
the equal love and attention that they all deserved. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was really difficult. I was going through a house move at the time as well. Oh, Jesus. Um, <clears throat> we were moving to the house that <clears throat> we're living in now. Uh, it was just all, all very crazy. But yeah, the main just just tell people, yeah. tell people, speak to people. You know, don't don't feel like you're being a pansy because like you're depressed over. You know, some people think they're oh well, it's only that. Do you know what I mean? It's only this. It's only that. Yeah, yeah. To but, you, but... it might be that, but to that the other person, it might feel like the end of the world. So I, I think it's it, it's it depends on your situation as well. So I've I, I spoke about it with Tara, I think on in the last episode, mm. but I've I've never been diagnosed with depression at mm. all, and I'm not I'm percent sure that I've had or have got depression. Is it anxiety for you? Yeah, so I've yes. been diagnosed with anxiety, but yeah. I've got all of the symptoms of depression. GAD, generalized anxiety disorder. Apparently, yeah. that's what I was diagnosed yeah. with. That's what I had the CBT for. Um, and I wasn't really having panic attacks and stuff such then. It was more the mood swings then. Yeah. But obviously, as um, as I've got older, the panic attacks have started. Um, See, so not, I've never had panic attacks. Have you not? No. Not. No, not. But, I think I might have done a few times, but not like regularly. Yeah. The last time I had one was it was a couple of months ago. Um, during lockdown. I was always shopping at Morrison's at Westcroft because my thought process there was if I can't get what I need in there, there's a boots there, mm -hmm. there's a pound stretcher, there's a B&M. Yeah, yeah. So I can go to one of those other shops without having to get in the car and drive somewhere else. Now this particular day, I think I'd gone to Halfords for something, I needed to pick something up. So I went over to Tesco in Bletchley and the system wasn't the same as it is in Morrison's. And it was like people were just walking around all over the place and it was really busy and I remember just abandoning my trolley in an aisle, walked out and got like, I was like that. Once I got in my car, I was like, right, okay, I'm in my, set, like, I'm, I'm in my car, it's safe here. I phoned one of my best friends, Vicky, she talked me down. Um... But then a few weeks after that, I went to the protest in Century on Kings for yeah. Black Lives Matter. Now that was really, I mean, I had a bit of opposition, um, not because people don't think black, but it was because of the whole COVID thing. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I yeah. wore my mask, it was really well organised, everyone was um, separate, like they, they put marks on the floor so you were all two metres apart from each other. Um, it was that was really really well organized there was no rioting um <clears throat> nothing like that it was just a peaceful protest like the complete opposite of what you get shown on the news um and i didn't feel any panic or anything about that whatsoever but being it's, in tesco it's, it's that day i was so overwhelmed there were so many people and it's not even that they weren't following the one-way signs or anything, but there was just, it felt like there was loads, and I I didn't know where anything was, whereas in Morrison's are going there, and I'm it's, like, right, okay, well, I know it's going to be yeah. Because I've, I've had that loads of times where I'm, I'm stupid with stuff like that, so mm -hmm. I if if I'm expecting to do something, so for instance, if, if, if I'm going to go and do a food shop one day, mm. and then Tara turns around and goes... Oh, like don't do a food shop today, or we're not going to do a food shop. I'd be mm. like, but I was expecting to do a food shop. So when when you get knocked off that path, yeah. and you think, oh, I'm not doing that anymore, it like, eats mm. you away a little bit. Yeah. See, the thing is, I could go to a little shop, like like yeah, a co-op yeah. up the road, or or a Tesco Express. Um, even if it's one that I don't visit that often, I can go in there. You know, if I'm just picking up, I don't know, like some salad bits or burger buns or a bottle of Prosecco mm. and I'll go in and I'll, I'll get it but they're never that busy no and they're a lot easier to coordinate the yes. whole like social distancing stuff yeah but like, during COVID. I remember just standing in the middle and looking down the end of Tesco and there was a line of people 
I don't know if you shop in Bletchley Tesco, but there's like a yeah, the back walls yeah. all um, <laughs> the the back walls all alcohol. Yeah. And there was this line of people going all along that back wall, and I'm assuming they were queuing for the tills. Yeah, yeah. And I just like the store just felt massive, and I was like, well, this isn't like Morrison's. In Morrison's, they make you queue around the nutmeg bit, and and I <laughs> and I was just working myself up into such a state. I thought I just I've just got to get out of here, and then. I tried to get out, but they had um, not caution tape. You know what they have uh, cinemas to to do the line, uh, like the elasticated yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. I don't know what they call they it, had yeah. those in places, um, and I oh, what a good film! Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, um, I can't even get out. I had to go through. The, had... the self-serve till bit to go through and then I thought I don't I, what if someone shouts at me for going through here what if they think I'm stealing something like I'm just I've put something in my pocket and I'm just walking straight through yeah and I just couldn't stop thinking all these horrible thoughts as soon as I got in my car and calmed myself down that's when I got upset and phoned my friend and I was just like right I'm never going to actually Tesco again <laughs> just right off complete right off just yeah done see I'm I, we so I've had a similar experience with Tara. Mm. We went to Asda, Fletcher mm. Asda, and that was horrendous. Like, it was, I think it's I like, haven't set foot in Asda. It's horrible. Mm. It's so bad. Because that's you, even bigger. It's huge. And yeah. everybody's just everywhere. Like, yeah. it was, even when it was like peak social distancing, there, everybody was just everywhere. Yeah. But I, I know what you mean about Morrison's. I, I did a food shop in there like to do a barbecue. It was, it's so well And it's organized. so good. Yeah. And you get that... You get one person the worst standing. Thing is, though, I end up always buying clothes for the two little ones because you queue through the nutmeg bit, and I look and I'm that's like, "Oh, that's a really cute it. little dress. <laughs> yeah. That's a cute, that's a cute dungaree set. I'll oh, put, put those in the trolley. I'll buy that for Olivia. I'll buy that for Isabel. I, bet, I reckon I've done it on purpose because yeah. I probably think, "Oh, nobody goes." Not many people go through that bit. Yeah, but they started putting bakery bits in there now. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know the bits that are normally where the fruit and veg are, like yeah, the yeah. donuts or sausage roll in the, the bags and stuff? Yeah. They've started putting those like in between like the things of clothes and nut- <laughs> nutmegs. And it's blatantly so people look at it and think, oh, yeah, sausage yeah. rolls. <laughs> it's like, so instead of putting it at the end of the till, they would just pull it yeah. within the clothes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but... but I've I've had a similar experience though as well because again I was I went on my own mm. so it, again it's a really stupid thing but I I for probably about a week I was looking for hot tub capsules like mm-hmm. the chlorine tablets mm-hmm. they do those in B and M yeah but they did they didn't at this time so it's, <laughs> you know that time when all the hot tubs are sold out there was yeah, no hot tubs yeah. anywhere and we got one from Iowa, so it got delivered and I had the granules and the granules were shit so I was mm-hmm. like I'm going to get the I'll get the tablets because my mate said I'll get the tablets you yeah, can just bum yeah, them in whenever it is yeah and they I, I found them in B&Q in Bedford which which is ridiculous so I drove all the way to Bedford to get these oh, little tub of oh, um, I've tablets and this was peak like social dis- distancing lockdown went in there and it was a shop that I didn't know at all, so I didn't really know where to go. It's in an area place. you probably don't yeah, know. Yeah, didn't have a clue where I was going, and I couldn't find my fucking way out of the store. Yeah. I've, I, I like got, I got my tab, the like, hot tub tablets, and I was like, how do I get out? Yeah. Like, there was, and I ended up just jumping over an aisle because I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't figure the way out. Yeah, but it was, it's, it was so stressful. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. So personally, for you, what would you say has been your most stressful or standout? example of when you've kind of had a really bad experience of anxiety and you, you just couldn't cope really it was up at up near stacy bushes and there's a kfc there and i hadn't um done the kids dinner i thought oh, i'll just pick them something up <laughs> from kfc <laughs> oh god and i queued in the drive-through thing olivia was crying for a feed again surprise surprise <laughs> ordered the kids like their little streetwise meals or whatever they're called and um got to the window and they were like oh uh, our card machine's not working i was like well i don't have any cash well, i've only got my card no no so i got to the window and they like had the food bagged up and i was like well what, do you want what, to what, do? what am i supposed to do and they said oh yeah yeah it's not the, the car machine is not working, so we can only take cash. And I was like, I remember just having this blind rage 
I started crying and shouting at them. <laughs> I shouted at them saying, all the money KFC must make every year and you can't just give us those two. <laughs> those two boxes of food that come to four pound and like screeched off in my, in my mum bus. <laughs> and the kids refer to it now as... Um, the time when I cried at KFC. Oh, God. <laughs> and I say, Mum, do you remember that time when you cried at KFC? <laughs> they, like, they still talk about it now. And this happened three and a half years ago. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it just shows what, you know, <laughs> gets imprinted yeah. into their head. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, it is amazing what they remember, but they should have probably told you that at the... At... Well, you couldn't have fucking told me that when I was at the fucking <laughs> microphone. <laughs> I'd have lost it. But mm. one thing I wanted to ask you was, mm. so today, <laughs> through, through some of my research I've done mm. on postnatal depression, because I knew nothing, yeah. was I didn't know men could get postnatal depression. Mm-hmm. So did did AD have any anything at all? Or um, like, do you... The day Olivia was born, so when she was taken off to the NNU, and we went back to our little booth, yeah. The maternity bit. That's a really personal question, by the way. You don't have to answer. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> um, he, so they pulled the covers round, um, and I was just sat on the bed, just waiting for someone to come and say, "Oh, you know, you can go see her." Um, and then I went to see her, and when I came back, Ad was like sobbing. Mm really really sobbing like where you can't stop um and i was like what's wrong what's wrong and it was just the whole thing you know um her being taken off not not having a baby come back with us to maternity yeah you know because usually when that happens it's because your baby's been stillborn or something like that and you know he was he's he was really worried and he, he he wanted to go and see her in the NNU but he was scared to because of all the tubes everywhere mm. um, and eventually what managed to calm him down um, was him going to see her and I said I'll come with you you know you just put her on you under your t-shirt skin to skin you'll feel so much better because you've seen her and you know and I also text one of his best friends um, about it and he, in fact, the only time AD left me while we were there was because Ben came to pick him up and took him out for dinner at Middleton's and just took him out, a couple of beers, steak dinner, and came back like old AD. He just talked yeah, to all three yeah. with his friend Ben, who he's known for years and years since they went to school together. Um, and other than that... Apart from him saying about me getting snappy, um, I couldn't really... There wasn't really much. Do you know, I never actually asked him. Maybe I should have. I don't know if that's because I was just wallowing in my own self-pity. Yeah, I've, I I also think that, again, like, I, I, haven't, I haven't had kids, so I don't know how you'd feel or anything like mm-hmm. that, but kind of linking that to kind of a similar experience I've always found that when I'm really anxious or I'm mm. really down mm. Tara will look after me mm-hmm. and she will take care of me and then mm. vice versa there's never really a situation where we're well, both yeah, you really spoke down because you, you, yeah, you, you feel like you you have to look after that other person yeah. so like you can't both be down yeah so he might have been a bit like I oh, will you're down, so I'll look after you. And that mm. took his mind off being down himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the way I look at it. But then but. even, yeah, like like that that rings true from when he was in the hospital, even though I was just as scared and worried because he was the one that was showing it by crying. Yeah. I was comforting him and encouraging him to, you know, go and see her so that he could see it's not as bad as, as he thought. So... Yeah, I mean, it is it is give and take, isn't it? Yeah, but... it's weird. It's weird though. Mm. I mean, 
I mean, it must be horrible if you're both completely down in that mm, situation, but yeah. I bet there is that. Yeah, I mean, that he didn't happen. seem... I bet it does happen, yeah. Mm. I mean, he didn't seem down at the time, um, other than work. He hated his job that he was working in at that time. Um, he's not there anymore, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just like slag off his work. Like... Um, <laughs> yeah, he hated it there, but as far as... Olivia and, and us, yeah, the only thing was him saying about me getting snappy. Mm. But I think of all the times he said that before that huge blowout, I had so many opportunities to say to him, I have postnatal depression, but I didn't. I just let him think that I was just snapping for the for the sake of snapping. Or But you, you probably felt like you was going to put more burden onto him by telling yeah, him. Yeah, maybe. When, when in reality... It would have explained my behaviour. Yeah, exactly. Not, not excused it, but it would have explained it, you know. And he would have known not to say certain things or to say things in a certain way so that it wouldn't set me off. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because the things he was saying were just completely normal, usual things. But I would Brilliant. go off on one yeah, thinking, yeah. oh, he's accusing me of being a shit mum. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. He, he's accusing me of trying to kill our baby. By smothering her in the bed, mm. you, th- but that's not what he was doing. He was just looking after both of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But my PND just took me straight to. He's accusing me of doing this and doing that. But and you do that, don't you? Yeah. 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 Do you, I, do you think that? Again, you probably won't be able to answer it because it's like nobody will probably know this. Mm. But do you think that you you struggle with postnatal depression? during that pregnancy and during having Olivia yeah. because your first two children were absolutely fine and like because yeah. do you think that a mother would cope in that situation better if it had been like their first child because they that'd be their own experience I don't I mean I was 21 when I had Tyler and 22 when I had Emily and I definitely felt conscious of my age um thinking I was being judged and, and things, especially when I had Emily, you know, I was going out with two children, two, you know, a toddler and a baby. Um, but I, I never felt depressed or anything with them. Um, with Olivia, um, I definitely think I had prenatal depression, which is pregnancy, um, depression throughout your pregnancy. Mm. Um, probably due to coming off my tablets um, straight away and also all the stresses and worries throughout the pregnancy. I was quite poorly throughout pregnancy as well. I think I had like five or six um, urine infections during the whole pregnancy. Yeah, it was. And then on top of that, I mean, I'd get signed off work with, with the UTIs. So there was the guilt thinking of all my students at work that I was letting down because I was constantly getting signed off. Um... It was just all an amalgamation of everything. Mm. Um, But I I don't know. I don't... Maybe it's because, I mean, I was 30 when I had Olivia. And I know you're more susceptible to postnatal depression uh, as an older... Even though it's not an old mum, but as an older mother. Yeah. um, It's... Yeah, it's, um, I can't really answer that one, but yeah, I mean, they were textbook pregnancies, textbook births and labours, textbook babies. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just think that if, if you've had kids previously and everything's gone like mm. fine, and then you have another child and then it's difficult and it's, it's yeah. like more complicated, you'd be like, oh, what's, what's going on there sort mm-hmm. of thing. And I think that, again, I'd. I don't know the answer to it, but I think that if you had a difficult pregnancy and a difficult mm. labour or whatever after mm. that, as your first child, like, would it be easier? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a bit of a struggle still. Yeah, like, would yeah. you be able to cope better, maybe? Well, I mean... A, that's, with, that's all you know, isn't it? Yeah, with Isabel, although it wasn't a difficult pregnancy as such because of all the previous issues with Olivia's I still had to go for the same scans and everything in case it was the same with her I mean she was born six pound eight 
healthy. Mm. Um, the labour, I mean, she was very quick. I was in labour for 40 minutes. What? Yeah. <laughs> it was baby number four. But um, it was mad. it was longer from beginning to end. Um, I mean, I even went for a scan to check her growth that morning, mm. knowing that I was having contractions. I wanted a home birth with her, and I was just praying that the consultant wouldn't notice my um, womb contracting. Oh um, but it was a midwife that was doing it. She was learning how to, to do the ultrasounds. Uh, okay. So thankfully, nothing got noticed. But I still didn't end up being able to have her at home because that growth scan that I had that morning put her at ten under the 10th centile of growth. Mm. Um, so... I had to go to hospital, and it's a good job I did because I hemorrhaged quite badly after I had her. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and after that, I was like, I swore that was my last baby because the last two pregnancies had been, although Isabel's wasn't complicated, there was a risk of complications because of all the complications I'd had with Olivia. Yeah. And then yeah. obviously the horrible birth. Um, I'd say from start to finish, it was about six hours, but actual established labour was 40 minutes. I was like, damn it, I wanted more gas and air. <laughs> Which is probably the best bit, yeah. 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 Well, I did get to have more because obviously they're hemorrhage and they had to like sort out all of that and everything. So I did actually get to have more. <laughs> After I'd had yeah. her, thank yeah. God. Parenthood's good. <laughs> I don't know if you've convinced me to have kids or not. <laughs> no, you're just like, oh, it sounds like a bright Well, put it this way. But, I yeah. only had postnatal depression with one of my children, so I had a 75% success rate. That's of pretty not, good. Of That's not pretty... getting so postnatal depression. We're a bit like, I think we're only going to have two kids. Yeah. But you don't know, do you? you... Well, I thought I'd only have two kids. But, but then I thought I'd stay married. <laughs> It. Yeah. it happens and you, you I must say I'm glad I didn't because <laughs> I wouldn't be with AD and I wouldn't have Liv and Izzy yeah. Yeah. so you know everything everything works out for, for a reason yeah definitely I have lots of friends 30s late 30s early 40s who are trying who have just had a baby one of my friends who was in my year at school um she so she was 34 in october and she had her mm. first baby in january so it's terrible yeah yeah <laughs> you know um although she's had a really crappy time of it because lockdown happened um yeah you know, she couldn't see her mum. Um, she felt like her son was missing out on the bonding with her mum and no baby groups or anything like that. Um, but she's bossed it. And it's, you know, people, I mean, AD's 40. And I'll just, you know, our fourth baby is... Yeah. Is... Uh, Look at Des O'Connor. Was he 70 when he had his last one? I know the it, it, wife is a bit younger. Late, like late 70s. Yeah. 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 David it... Jason's another one. He had a baby quite late in <laughs> yeah. life. I'm right. Rod Stewart. <laughs> oh, Rod Stewart's just a bit like... He, he's, Nick Chugger. He's almost dead, isn't he? And he's still... I don't know. His son actually plays for Milton Keynes Lightning ice hockey team. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. And Liam uh, Stewart. Um, and Rod Stewart's been to a couple of games. Oh, right. AD, I don't know if AD met him, but up in the bar afterwards, Rod was up there with all the players, like, because oh, wow. they'd won that game, so they yeah, were up yeah. there celebrating, and yeah, yeah, AD, and he was like, oh my God, text <laughs> me, like, Rod Stewart's here! <laughs> that's, right, that's really random. Um, but yeah, they all had babies quite late in life, it's, mm. yeah, so how old AD was... 38, almost 39, when hmm. I had Isabel. So I've got a good, like, seven years. Yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. One, one, of the things that, so the, the, one of the things that concerns us is that we've both suffered with mental health issues, mm. and 
so particularly me, I, the one thing that I've really worried about over the years is... is Will you pass it down? Not pa- no, 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 not pass it down, but just, like, h- how am I going to react to having a child? So it's... I've, yeah. I, I've always said, Tori, it's, it's going to be the make or break of me. I'm either going to mm. be a really shit parent, I'm going to, like, not be able to handle it or whatever, or I'll just... It would literally be the end of my anxieties. Yeah, so I mean, it's really. Hard I mean, it might like... be the end of current anxieties, but it would definitely present new ones. <laughs> yeah. as, as, Not... as the kids grow up. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, Tyler's thirteen now, and Emily's twelve, and you know, Emily's got into skateboarding and stuff. And just yesterday or the day before, she went out on her skateboard, and I was like hanging out the front door, like, "Don't do it in the road." And this, you, this you know, thing, things like, like that. But... I would be crap in my pants at like, say, like you had mm. a teenager and they go out for the first time, like with mm. their mates. I'd be like, should I stalk them to see mm. their? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I, I would, I, I don't know how I react in those sort of situations because I'm, I'm, I don't know, like with with the cat. Mm. I'm really like, overprotective with don't him. Don't come back within yeah. a certain amount of hours. I'm a yeah. bit like, I, I start panicking, mm-hmm. or like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night to check that he's still yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck am I going to be like? I have kids. Yeah, yeah. That's what worries the me thing the thing is, it's, uh, it's hard to, I mean, I mean, it was different with Adie and I because Olivia was neither of our first child. Mm. Um... With me and Tyler and Emily's dad, um, Tyler was both of our first child, um, and I wasn't sure what he'd be like while I was in labour, um, or be like as a as a dad. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. I mean, he could be quite immature at times, and, um, but it... He never, it never really seemed to phase him. He he was really good during the labour and everything, but um, when we actually had Tyler, you know, he was. I can't speak for him, but I think you just you see that little scrap of humanity that you've made, and you just have that like rush of love and protectiveness. Mm. Like I always say, newborns are the most powerful. But the most powerless beings. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah. they have so much power over the parents. You know, you you run to their every cry, call, beckon. Mm. You're you are wrapped under, wrapped around that baby's finger. Like yeah, there's nothing you wouldn't do for that at baby. The same time, but at the same time, they can't do anything yeah. for themselves. You know. Yeah. You think you think animals in in the wild. They're up and walking like an hour after birth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Humans, you have to actually like pick them up and put them to the to the breast and, to, and to feed them. But then you're you're still looking after kids like up to when they're yeah late teenagers, aren't you? Or yeah. even after that, beyond sometimes, yeah. 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 If the bastards don't move out, <laughs> or, or like we did, move back in. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we're yeah. twenty five now. We're moving back in. Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. It's um, yeah, no, but look at you now. Like, it was worth it. Oh yeah, yeah, massively. It's yeah, crap at the time. Mm. Like having to do anything like that is absolutely crap. But then when you get to to the point that you're at now, you look back and you think, what was all that fuss about? I've had it. And you say the same thing, and you hear the same thing. When you're in there, you'll forget all about it. Yeah, it, but you only think about when you're in that moment, though, mm. don't you? You don't yeah. think of like, yeah. oh, this this will be my future. You yeah. just think of like, yeah. oh, this is the present. And it's shit, yeah, sort of yeah, thing. exactly. But it's yeah. But then that's another thing with depression, anxiety. You do just you're always in the moment, aren't in you? In that moment, mm. and you can't see a way out. Whereas, you know, if you have a positive mindset and, and you're you're thinking about the future, then was it positive mental attitude, PMA? Yeah. And, it, and you yeah. think about, you know, what you're working towards, you're less likely to feel depressed or anxious, but it's easier said than done. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so say, like, because I imagine that Tara and I will probably try and have kids in the next couple of years mm. 
as somebody that's had kids and has suffered with mental health mm. problems, what is there any sort of like hints or tips or any recommendations that you'd have at all? Um, I mean, just like from personal experiences, I guess. I don't know if Tara is on medication, but if she is. Um, obviously she would be monitored very closely by the midwife. Mm-hmm. Um, She's just come off medication. I was monitored very closely uh, throughout the pregnancy because of previous mental health conditions, um, which is why they did manage to pick up on my postnatal depression at my six-week check. There's mm. a lot that, that go under the radar at the six-week check. But... Um, but because they knew of my history. With regards to having kids and having mental health problems, it's, I mean, parenthood throws so much at you that Mm. you could be unprepared for, that you sort of, you, you do have to, chill out a bit and just think I can't control everything yeah yeah I mean that's easy for me to say because nothing awful has ever happened to me you know if I'd ever lost a baby or anything like that I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be saying these sorts of things because then you're not in control of that situation whereas nothing terrible has happened to me like that so I um I would just say did just take it as it comes if she is on medication research mm-hmm. into it speak to your gp speak to your midwife speak to a counselor or a therapist and do do what's best for you like i knew with isabel's pregnancy that it was better for me to go on a lower dose throughout the whole pregnancy than it was for me to completely come off it yeah and due to that I feel that it was due to that anyway, that I didn't have any post. I didn't even have baby blues after her. I was just oh, really? in just a really happy bubble. Um, my cousin Roxy was pregnant at the same time, Matern- and so was my cousin Danielle. Maternity was amazing. We met up all the time. You know, our three girls all got very close. Um, it's it's um it's different with every baby as well yeah i know i mean if you've got i mean i didn't have mental health problems when i had tyler and emily mm. so i can't speak from experience of going from no babies to one baby with mental health i can mm-hmm. only speak from having two kids and mental health problems and then going to three kids mm-hmm. um but yeah that was yeah, it was very, very difficult, but thankfully I'm through it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it must it must be different as well. So, like, when you're just having, during your fourth pregnancy, mm. if you've got, like, relatives or friends that are also expecting kids, mm. that must be, take a little bit of pressure off you as well, mm. because then you can kind of, like, discuss your problems yeah, or... Yeah. Kind of being it together sort of thing. Who was pregnant at the same time with Olivia either. So I felt mm. very isolated throughout my maternity, um, very isolated in my pregnancy. I felt that the only people that I had to talk to were the midwives and, and that when I had appointments and the consultants mm. and um they they were good, but with Isabel it was nice being able to moan about being pregnant yeah. as well yeah. with them and oh god my back's killing me today <laughs> baby's lying in a really awkward position you know it me and roxy would say all the time I hate being pregnant just hate it <laughs> love love the babies yeah yeah <laughs> hate hate the process of of growing them <laughs> just yeah, yeah again i'll never know that about that <sighs> yeah but then another good thing that you you would have with a first baby you're not offered it with um any subsequent babies but aquanatal um classes or uh, prenatal classes so where a midwife is telling you about um you know labor and breastfeeding and you know uh, how to breathe and all of that you know you've seen the stereotypical things on tv and stuff i'm sure that 
if you go to those, you go to, um, or Nick, Tara would go to aquanatal classes, which is just going swimming and doing aqua aerobics, basically, with, with you know, a boatload of pregnant women. Mm. And then you'll find a lot of those are also first-time mothers and making friends that are in that same situation as you at that time that you can share fears and worries and grievances with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would all... I think that would all help. Another yeah. reason why I think I had postnatal depression with Olivia was because I felt so isolated. You know, all my friends, all my family were at work. And, you know, when AD went back to work after paternity, it was just me and, and Olivia in the house. And I couldn't... I mean, you nap when they nap. Is a common thing with a newborn baby. And I couldn't fully give myself into the nap because I thought if I nap too long, if she naps really long and I nap too long with her, what if I forget to pick the kids up from school because I've slept through? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I used to have to set an alarm on my phone just in case I would sleep past sort of half two. If she didn't, if she didn't have a nap until one in the afternoon, I'd think, oh, you know... If she sleeps for two hours, that's going to be three o'clock. I'm supposed to be sleeping when she's sleeping. But if mm. I do that, I'm not going to get to the school on time. You know, it's... That 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 was difficult. But if you can just be around people who are going through a similar situation, even expectant dads, mm. first-time expectant fathers, you know, you could meet for a couple of beers in the pub or something if you've met them at a class... And just talk about, um, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be a great dad. I, you'll, yeah, you'll probably find yeah. that they all think the exact same way. But the, I've, again, you could you, that kind of links back into just kind of anxiety in, it, mm-hmm. in general because it's a, kind of like in those in that sort of situation, it's mm. probably accepted for mm. two blokes in a pub who have met at one of those classes to go and chat about having kids Mm -hmm. whereas it should be exactly the same level of of acceptance for two guys to go and speak about like oh i'm like i'm suffering from this yeah yeah and And it is very much more stigmatized for men than it is oh yeah massively yeah yeah. because women are seen as hormonal creatures who are prone to mood swings and crying and 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 things like that but you're seen as emasculating for a man when mm-hmm. when he does it. All the times I've seen Aidy cry, I've never once thought that he was less of a man. I thought mm. he's more of more of a man for being able to show his emotions like that. Um, and that's a stigma that that needs to be addressed, really. Yeah, I, th- I think it's. I think it was all on the board shed something the other day about yeah, uh, depression yeah. in men. Um, you know, and I think male suicide rates due to depression, I think, are actually higher than than female suicide rates because I think, like, females massively. talk yeah. more and men mm-hmm. don't. They bottle things up. And I think, again, I can't remember I read it. It might have been, I think it's on Calm, maybe on Calm's website or mine's website, but based mental health issues and suicides have gone way up for men during lockdown. And it's probably because people, again, aren't having that face-to-face interaction, mm-hmm, so they're not talking mm-hmm. to anybody. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It's, it's not the same talking to them through a phone. No. Look, we can talk about this all day because, I mean, I've I've aired my views on, on the stigmas of men's mental health before, but I, I don't really want to take any more of your time up. So, so yeah. Thanks for... Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I've, yeah, I feel like I've time. learned a lot. I didn't actually get upset as much as I thought I would. No, you said you were going to cry. And yeah, didn't. yeah, I was, I was a bit wobbly. <laughs> I was but, uh, yeah, I was okay. <laughs> Obviously toughened up. But yeah, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate that. And I, I feel like I've learned a lot from that because yeah. I didn't know anything before. So mm. thanks. Oh, you're welcome. And the bloody cat's coming <laughs> again. <laughs> Literally, he's coming in out three mums, times mums now. Time. He's coming three times. <laughs> That's, good. That's probably going to be the title of the episodes. Oh, look at his little fang.
Thanks again to Kaylee for coming on and talking about a really, really difficult topic there. That was that was really, really good. I'd just like to remind everybody to keep on sharing, keep on downloading, keep on liking everything on Instagram, share whatever you can. I really, really appreciate all of your comments. So yeah, keep feeding back and thanks. Bye.